you got to get your kids in rhythm because they're the ones playing the game. But going back and doing your homework on a Saturday and Sunday and saying, what gives my kids the best opportunity to be successful versus what the defense gives them? And then put them in those situations. And then there's no such thing as a perfect play call key. So you let your kids make it right and you call plays and you go let them play ball. Each week through the season, we like to share a longer episode with a single coach to give you some insight on what that particular coach is doing to have some success during the season. Today, we talk with John Weaver. He's the Associate Athletic Director, Wide Receivers Coach, and Interim Offensive Coordinator at Madison Ridgeland Academy in Mississippi, who's won three of the last four state championships there and finished as the runner-up in 2022. He's taken on the role of Offensive Coordinator for the beginning of the season and has been tasked with creating the identity of their offense, which he built upon going extremely fast. Through the first three games of the season, their hammer-down tempo has produced 507 yards per game and 51 points per game. We talk about the keys to establishing an up-tempo offense, play calling considerations to create a rhythm, practice methodology, and player workload. This episode is full of great tips to help you improve your tempo as we progress through the season. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512 514-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. As we head into the midseason today, we talk with John Weaver, who's the Associate Athletic Director, Interim Offensive Coordinator, and Receivers Coach at Madison Ridgeland Academy, who's won three of four state championships the last four years and was the runner-up in 2022. Coach served as the OC for the first few weeks of the season, filling in for their head coach. And Coach, it's great to have you back here on the podcast, first of all. So thank you for taking the time. Oh, enjoy it. Always love being on Coach and Coordinator. I think it's the top podcast out there that any coach could listen to, especially football coaches, that uh, they get great knowledge from a bunch of great coaches across the whole country. I appreciate that. Well, Coach, you started the season in a role you had to step into the offensive coordinator position with your head coach having to step away for a little bit. And so you were tasked really with getting things going and in the early season, You know, you build that identity. Certainly, you go through the spring, you go through camp, you think things are going to be a certain way, you're going to hang your hat on certain things. Those things are all tested and proved out in the first few weeks of the season. And in that, though, you've really been able to establish the identity of this offense, over 500 yards per game average, over 50 points per game average, incredible in the red zone. Time of possession, not so good having uh, like, what, five minutes or so in in the last game, but you scored 49 points in the, that five minutes. So some incredible stats, but Coach, talk to us about just that first part of the season and building that identity and some of the things really that you've relied on. 
you know, you go into summer and you go through spring and a lot of, a lot of coaches put in that work of understanding, Hey, what do we want this team 2023 to look like? What are some stumbling blocks that we had in the past? Uh, and we identified that, like we wanted to be a fast tempo team, which, you know, a lot of teams want to say tempo. Uh, and I've talked about this at length uh, on other podcasts about this, but a lot of teams are hurry up and wait. And I was one of like, let's hurry up and go. And I think in high school football, that is a true advantage. Uh, if you got guys that can be on the sideline and run the down marker and they can get that ball set with the umpire, the faster we go, the better we can be. I think it gets the coaches in a rhythm of calling, which it surely helped me. I think it, it gets the quarterback in a rhythm. And the guys seem to enjoy playing fast. So that was the one major thing. We were a tempo team, and we would speed it up, and we would slow it down. But I think there's something to going fast all the time, especially early on in the game. And then it just goes back to the rhythm of it. And I think kids have fun with that. You know, that it's a fast-paced society. It's a microwave society that we live in. We want things now. And that's kind of what's happened. So the instant success that has happened is we practice fast. So we wear headsets at practice and all that stuff. We can get that in a minute, Keith. But the identity, I think, is so crucial of going into camp. And then actually when you start the games, of like, hey, what are we going to hang our hat on? Are we going to be a ground and pound? team are we going to be a heavy rpo team are we going to be a team that's going to bleed the clock out and snap it with three seconds left on the play clock or are we going to be a team that plays with our hair on fire and that's kind of what we've hung our hat on now herbert's back our head coach and he's like look i love what you've done of taking us to the next level and so we've taken our system and we tweaked it a little bit and now he sends me a gift last night of the roadrunner he goes i want to go this fast i was like coach i love it the faster the better for me it's funny, John, how things have changed over time. And, you know, the pendulum always swings different ways. And I can remember back to, you know, my first days as an offensive coordinator at the high school level. Your guy was the tailback. You built things around the tailback. You know, I remember being yeah. in the eye and in one back formations. He eventually started messing around with the pistol before it was called the pistol and using that kind of stuff. But, you know, now it certainly is the quarterback is the dude he's the guy who makes all this work yeah our quarterback john white who's a university of southern mississippi commit he is the straw that stirs this whole drink Uh, i think it helps get him in a rhythm but another thing is the fact that we get to play fast allows people i say people that allows the opposing defense we don't know where they're going to be so when we're going through stuff He's like, Coach, where's this linebacker going to be? Or, or where's my read or all that stuff? I was like, John, if they're not there, they're not there. But he is a phenomenal quarterback. Uh, so sometimes we do have to slow it down, Keith, just in practice so he can get his read and make his post-snap reads or get the pre-snap read off of uh, of anything that we do. But he is the straw that serves the drink. He's the guy uh, that's making this whole thing go. I'm just been – blessed with an opportunity the first three weeks to call plays. I mean, that's the first time I've called plays since 2013 in a high school game. And uh, I went to him and I said, hey, look, this is what I want to do. We have the system built in that Coach Davis has, and you're a three-year starter in our program. I want to elevate it to, let's go a little bit faster. And when we saw that trend happening, he likes playing faster. And he had echoed to me like, hey, it kind of helps me get in a rhythm. We'll hit intermediate throws or We'll have quick runs and then a run RPO, and then allows him to kind of get in the game with the receivers instead of taking, you know, a chunk play off the first. You know, everybody wants to go for the jugular first or second play of the game. Well, I think you got to get your quarterback in a rhythm and get him into the flow of the game. And then once he starts feeling the flow of the game, 
then you can start taking your shot. The quarterback is definitely one of those things in today's football league. If you don't have a, a trigger guy, uh, you're going to be in a world of hurt. For sure, for sure. Well, I do want to dig into that, establishing that rhythm a little bit more. It's always, I don't care if you huddle and go slow or you go fast, you do have to hit a rhythm. In fact, you, it's probably more of a necessity if you are going fast because the last thing you want, especially early in the game, is three and outs and you took up 35 seconds. The defense starts getting gassed. I mean, things can snowball from there the wrong way for you. So it is important to establish that rhythm. And as you said, you know, taking shots isn't necessarily that thing. But for you, what kind of plays are you typically looking at that you're able to, to move fast right away, able to get the whole offense into that rhythm of moving fast, but at the same time create that success that he's going to build upon from there? Yeah, well, first thing I look at, and this goes into the Saturday, Sunday that prepares you for a, month, for a Monday's practice for high school, obviously. So my biggest thing is I want to look at the formation that the opposing team gives me uh, when I line up, say, to trips or I line up to doubles. What do they give me for my greatest chance for success off of our play menu? And then I'll look at, you know, when we're in regular personnel, if it's, you know, an 11 personnel, if you, if you call it still numbers, I just call it strong uh, or weak, but you look at that and like, hey, what, what do they give me in the box? So what do I have in the back end? What do I have in the box? And what allows us to be successful? So instead of taking a whole play menu and throwing a dart at a dartboard and saying, oh, I want to run this play right now, we go in with a concise number of plays that works to our advantage based on film that we've seen that helps us have success. So whether it's mid-zone with an RPO, or maybe it's a curl flat concept, or maybe I get my best option in empty and I throw intermediate routes. Or maybe it's, hey, I want to get trips and put it to the boundary. I'm running option to the field that gets him in the game. Those types of things, Keith, are what we've dove into of, hey, what's the best formation that gives us the best advantage to make our quarterback get in a rhythm, get our running back in a rhythm to where we're not just spraying the ball all over the field and we're not grounding and pounding for two yards to play. Uh, and that's work for us uh, going into week one, week two, and week three as we enter week four and play Pulaski. Uh, I mean, I talked to you about this earlier. We, we didn't have a third down last week, which is crazy to think about against the defending 5A state champs. And when you're moving at a pace, and look, I don't want coaches to think like, oh, you know, going fast, there's always, you know, the devil's advocate of like, what if you go three and out? Well, you know, there is going to be a time that we're going to go three and out. You know, I think we've caught lightning in a bottle for a little bit and catching teams off guard. But you find that rhythm and you stick with it. So if it takes you three to five to seven plays and, and you're snapping it, you know, with 15 seconds left on the play clock or 18 seconds, I mean, you got to get your kids in rhythm because they're the ones playing the game. But going back and doing your homework on a Saturday and Sunday and saying, what gives my kids the best opportunity to be successful versus what the defense gives them? And then put them in those situations. And then there's no such thing as a perfect play call, Keith. So you let your kids make it right, and you call plays, and you go let them play ball. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. 
Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Raise has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective, so I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas state champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www.teammofo.com slash demo and mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. Yeah, you mentioned bringing that set down, and I think it's especially important to focus on those, you know, the, the, the best of the best in that opening drive. Uh, I was always a big believer in doing everything we could to score first and get that lead. Uh, I loved to take the ball right out of the door on the opening kickoff. And, you know, for me, my thought process was that uh, at least nine times out of 10 during the season, the other team was going to defer anyway. So I knew every game we were getting the ball. And, you know, that that was something big to me. And the openers were a big part of it. And, you know, really studied and utilized Bill Walsh and Brian Billick's methodology for openers. Uh, One of the things we do when I was at BW, something I picked up from one of my predecessors, Ian Shoemaker, who now is the offensive coordinator at Hawaii's every Wednesday after practice, you know, everybody come back in, the coach would come back into the room and uh, we'd put up our openers on the board, you know, what we thought should be openers. Everybody wrote their own and we would go through and discuss it and, you know, get some great perspective from each position on why they thought those were the things that we should go with. And um, I would always uh, allow the quarterbacks to submit theirs. They didn't come into the meeting, but they would give me their list and talk to me a little bit about those. And I would bring that to the table too. For you, uh, how do you go about that process, especially in regard to the quarterback feel of what are the things that are best for us beginning of the game to get us in that rhythm and get them going so that we can run that tempo right down the field? Yeah, that's a great question to, to get all this going. Is, is First thing I look at is P and 10. And every, just like every offensive coach has tendencies, a defensive coordinator has tendencies on a P and 10, whether he's starting the game, whether it's the third drive of the game, whether they're coming out of halftime, they all have those tendencies. So I go and look at games that we have uh, that are similar to spread teams. and like, hey, what, what are their drive openers? What did they see that was successful? And then, hey, what is the defensive coordinator thinking? Is he going to bring pressure? Is he going to sit back in quarters? Is he going to play two-man? Uh, because this past week, we had a team that was going to be a 3-4 team, play with a jack, and play kind of a quarters coverage behind it. And Herbert was in the box, and he goes, I bet you $100 he comes out in two-man. And so I was like, 
we came out and it came out in two man. Well, then we had known like, hey, when he comes out in two man, he likes to do this uh, because this is it. Deep, the defense coordinator had a tendency of past jobs of coming out in two man, uh, pressuring and then playing behind it. Um, so those are some of the things. That's one, just one of the things. Obviously, is a P and ten. I think every coach looks at that. The other thing is you got to ask what your kids feel comfortable running because we could have all these plays drawn up on a board. We could have all these, but if they're not comfortable running them in practice, we're not going to run them. And I just remember when Drew Brees was playing. And so when Sean Payton and Drew Brees were there, Payton would go through and ask Sean on Wednesday, or yeah, Sean Payton would ask Drew Brees like, Hey, what do you like? What don't you like? What do you feel comfortable with? What don't you feel comfortable with? And I think once you get into knowing who those kids are and you trickle that down to high school, because you're doing that at the pro level. I'm like, if my quarterback is not excited about this player, he doesn't feel comfortable reading this this way, or there's some insecurities of maybe delivering the ball in the middle of the field with the nickels playing like he is, or they're dropping the mic. Or, so if it's cloudy, just drop it. And it could be the best play that you thought of over the weekend. But if it doesn't fit your kid's system and how they feel, um, just don't run it. And that's kind of what I've taken into this these first three weeks is, you know, how we can be the most successful. How can I put my kids in a position to be successful? And what gives the defense fit? Well, that's a simple equation, but you have to rep it. So instead of repping a thousand plays during the week, we probably rep about 30 plays, you know, to where there's run game RPO, there's some passing stuff, there's some vertical stuff, there's different formations. And I think that's what's kind of been the potluck for us this year is there's different formations and we're running the same place, which is not earth-shattering. It's not mind-blowing stuff, uh, but it's worked for us. And we're coming in at 507 a game and averaging 51 points a game in the first three games. And I think it's the kids have a lot of confidence on Friday night, Keith, and when that happens – you're going to have success. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so for our listeners, I'm going to link uh, three episodes that, as Coach was talking, really remind me of some of those things. And I think everything he talked about is is just proven to be good practice, you know, in, in methodology, in the way that you set things up. And one's with Andrew Coverdale, where he talked about his love it and like it list. The other is with Tom Lombardo, who's at St. Edward here in Ohio, uh, four-time state champion, I believe, and he did something in practice where he'd have his quarterbacks call the play in certain periods, and he would note what they did, and certainly, you know, that's kind of his love-it-like-it um, list, you know, as it's going, he's recording it, and then the other uh, one it reminded me of, as you talked about, the number of plays is something we heard from Phil Longo and really a number of coaches, but especially Phil Longo on 26 plays in that you know, you, you have to simplify things down in, in order to um, be able to play a tempo game, but really to be able to play efficient offense. So I think you hit on a lot of important things there. Uh, you did mention practice and utilizing, yeah. you know, the headsets in practice and uh, a lot of things that you want to think about, you know, especially if you're going to be a tempo team, those have to happen in practice as well. You have to set it up the right way so that, People are standing in the right spots when plays are being signaled, right? It used to drive me crazy as our guys maybe, you know, we're, we're in practice and they're moving down the field too far. They're outside of the box and they'd never be there. I don't want your eyes going there. So there's a lot of detail that goes right. into it. Love to hear about how you guys practice. Yeah, this is probably um, – we have coaches 
in the off season that come and watch us in spring. And people want to know how we practice because uh, I think it's pretty unique. So we'll wear headsets. We have a signaler. Our running backs coach will be the signal guy. And then um, we have a good on good in the blitz pickup period. Well, during the blitz pickup period, we're going ones-on-ones with our, our defense. And we're trying to snap the ball as fast as possible. Now, we're not moving the ball at that time because we want to work either red zone, we're working on coming out, we're working on middle of the field. So there's different spots on that. And that's an eight-minute period, so two four-minute periods. And then um, we'll have a good on good. So our blitz pickup, obviously working on screen game and getting the ball out fast. and We're on our line picking up those blitzes. Good on good is, hey, who can win? It's 1D, 1-0, and we're keeping score of that uh, as best we can. A lot of times it's just, you know, the coach is getting into it of like, hey, we scored, you scored, uh, but like that. But that's where it's fast. The cool thing that we do, I think, sets us apart and helps us with tempo is there's two times during practice that we'll hit what we call a hammer down. And hammer down is like that full tilt boogie. Let, let's go as fast as we can. So we have a script, so a lot of work goes into the script. And it's left hash, right hash, and we're moving the ball. So the offensive line coach is on the scout defensive side. And what he's doing is he's putting the defense where he needs to be in the box. I'm moving the secondary. Uh, so there's two offensive coaches, our O-line coach and myself, are working on the defense. Our head coach um, calls the script now, where before I was calling the script and moving the ball and all that stuff. So we have four guys. He's calling the script. He's coaching the quarterback. and we're moving the ball. So here's the thing. We never want to throw the ball, whether we're run to the outside or a catch to the outside. We don't want to throw it to the line judge. We want to bring it to the umpire because he's the guy that can set the ball the fastest. And the fastest we can get that ball to him, the faster we can go. So a lot of times you'll see teams that the receiver will get down, he'll give it to the line judge when the line judge has to throw it to the umpire. The umpire is probably not the most athletic guy on the field because he's in the box and he's probably going to drop the ball. And then now you're scrambling. He's trying to fumble with the ball, and he's got to get it set. So our guys bring me the ball, which I act as the umpire getting the secondary set. But a lot of times they'll throw it to me, and if they throw it to me, I don't touch it. I don't touch it. Because as soon as I bail them out and catch that ball, like, oh, I can throw it to the umpire every time. No, you have to run it to me, and I have to set it. And we're going fast and furious uh, off of that. That's hammer down. And then we go when our team D goes down, and they'll do uh, pass scale with each other and they'll go over stuff we're going to do what's called a two-minute drill so we'll give our kids different scenarios 35 seconds minus 45 uh no timeouts minute 10 minus 40 one timeout and we're going through those this is not this is on air but this is a not even scripted you can call whatever you want so we can call anything from a screen to a run and it's just getting them to play fast it's it's firing that central nervous system to where we got to go from trips to bunch to empty to strong, and we're running and running plays really efficiently. Uh, and here's how this works. Keith, we were playing last week. We had 56 yards to go, 18 seconds on the clock right before halftime. And I said, guys, this is what we've been training for. It's exactly what we've been training for. So there was no panic. We score in three plays. We go 56 yards in three plays, 18 seconds. And they come in, and they're like, that's what, I was like, that's what we do at practice. So the fact that we're doing all these things, we're playing fast, I mean, 18 seconds probably seemed like an eternity for them. And then the week before, we had 201 on the clock at the minus 20, and we were going to treat that as like, hey, this is an end of the game kind of deal. So, look, we're going to work the clock. we got three timeouts. Let's work it down, and we're going to score with like three or four seconds left. We're keeping the pace normal. 
right? We don't have to. Tempo is going the speed that I want to go at. So we're going methodically. Uh, we're about midfield with 1.14 on the clock, and our interim head coach, Danny White, who's our D.C., calls timeout. And I was like, what did he call timeout for? So I was like, I, I think he thought we were going too slow, which we were on purpose trying to get it down, and we are going to score like with three or four seconds left. So the team comes over, and I was like, well, there goes our two-minute drill. And then John White goes, let's just score. I was like, two or three plays, and our center goes, I think we do it in two. And I'll be darned if we don't score in two plays to go up. So it's just when your kids have a sense of playing fast, I think your linemen enjoy it because you get the defense still looking at the call and they're trying to get a blitz set and we're snapping the ball. I mean, you got guys getting mauled, right, on D-line and linebackers are blitzing from far. And that's easy because it's hard, I think, when everybody's on the line because you don't know who's coming, who's, who's dropping. Uh, but our kids have enjoyed it. But the way we practice is fast and furious. Um, a kid with me all the time that I wear a sweatshirt on, on the days we go in the morning. So this morning I wore a sweatshirt and I'm dripping in sweat. And like, coach, it's not raining. I was like, guys, I'm, I just want to prove to you like, Hey, I need to be sweating because we need to go that fast. So we're spotting the ball moving and all that stuff during hammer down. And uh, it's fun for them. Uh, once, and once again, I think the hardest part key is to get your linemen moving downfield. And I think any coach listening to this is like, I can't get my linemen to move downfield. Well, it's going to be hard for them to get excited if you never move and then you tell them to go in the game. Because if you don't practice it, it's not going to happen. So we made a conservative effort to make sure that this happens. So whether it's 10 yards, 15 yards, I'm not going to make them sprint 60 yards. But they're going to go 10 to 15 to 20. So in the game, when we have like a 45-yard game, you can see them sprinting because they know the importance of them getting on the ball and you see our receivers, it was like a Chinese fire drill going from doubles and then maybe it's boundary bunch and sprinting over there to where we played a team two weeks ago and we threw a fast screen to the boundary and they had 12 guys on the field and everybody was inside the box. We threw the ball out and picked up a 25-yard game. So it works, but you got to practice it to make it work. 100%. Uh, two other episodes that I'm going to link. One's a clinic session we did with Glenn LRB at Lawrence first and goal where he talked about how he trains his offensive line for tempo. So I'll link that one in the show notes, uh, a short one there, but definitely something uh, you can look at and kind of enhance your tempo right now in season. The other one is from Keith Bearfield, uh, who the, the title of that episode was tempo is a lifestyle and, and just more of those little things about how you can coach tempo. So, so coach, the last question I have for you, really goes to workload and as the season wears on and certainly you're conditioning your team right in practice and you know getting them to uh, get the reps that they need but as you start getting deeper and last year you guys went all the way to the state championship you're runner up uh, what kinds of things do you look at on just ensuring like hey we're not sharpening the sword dull that you know we've got these guys performing optimally on game day yeah so George Adams is our strength coach. So he goes back to strength and conditioning, obviously. He's from the University of Georgia. Uh, he's been with us for for three year, four years now. And uh, he does a great job with us, how we lift on Monday. And he, we have Titan, the software that, called Titan that we, we use to track, hey, how much are they running during the week? How much are they, are they overusing or are we underutilizing? Are we getting optimal speed? Uh, are we training those guys? So we lift on Monday and then we do a speed on Wednesday to where we time 
um, standing 10 flies and then, uh, yeah, starting 10 flies. And then we get the fly 10, uh, of how we do things, but it's, you know, that's the science behind it, I I guess. But I think the football side of it is one, I think you got to have a flavor of the week. So there's some things that we do that kind of spice it up where it's a trick play or, or you're doing something fun formation wise that keeps everybody's energy kind of up a little bit because uh, when I was a kid and you had like a trick play or whatever, you, you enjoyed the trick play and like, hey, we're going to practice this or we're going to run this. So that's one thing we can do that we're going to start actually this week. And then the next thing I think when you get into the season, it is easily because it's a grind, right? Every, every, every coach listening to this knows that week one, week two is like you're going on that first date. Well, then week five, week six is like I'm still dating the same girl and I got to spice it up. We can't just go to dinner and a movie. You got to do some things that, that help them. So we do, and this is going to sound so cheesy, but Pete Carroll did it and he called it rewind. And all you do is you run a play and then you play pause. You run it, pause, and then you tell them to run that in reverse. And when they run it in reverse, it is very light. Like, Cause they have to run that play backwards, whether it's a pass where you're running stick as an RPO or whatever. I think you keep it light because the season can wear on you so long that you do that. The other thing is we have two on two with the linemen. We let linemen go take passes and then uh, let them linemen be quarterbacks and all that and let them throw passes to each other uh, in a two on two setting. Um, I think that's, that's two things that are, that cost nothing. Uh, You don't have to go buy anything. You don't have to go, you know, go to a water park or anything like that. You don't have to go buy anything. Those are free that you can do within your program. And I think it also shows intentionality. That, hey, I, I care about you as a person, and I know you're doing a lot with academics, and you have extracurriculars after school, and you're spending a lot of time with us on the football field and in meeting rooms, and then you're watching film. And that's just one little piece to get back to. I'm like, look, we're going to have fun for these next four minutes, and we're going to run a play and run we rewind. And I, I think that's just one thing, you know, it's, it, it can get monotonous run the same plays and all that stuff but if you add a trick play here and there if you let them have fun by being a kid because after all they are kids and this is football and the fact that i'm still in football since eighth grade it's a blessing i mean the game gave so back to so much back to me when i was a player and now i get to coach it for a living um so football coaches i think we're we're blessed with we get to play and then we get to go experience friday night lights and uh, those kids deserve our best and adding a little fun to it never hurts. Coach, I really appreciate you taking the time, sharing some ideas here with us on the podcast. Certainly best of luck to you and MRA the rest of the season, and we'll be watching you. I hope you're playing deep into the year and um, getting back on top. That's it. Thanks, Keith. I appreciate it. Thank you to Coach Coordinator. Uh, coaches that listen to this podcast, if you've been a loyal listener, this is the best podcast on the market for football coaches. Thank you again for listening to the Coach and Coordinator Podcast. We have some related episodes that are linked in the show notes, as well as resources from the coaches mentioned and from Coach Weaver. I highly recommend those. Those are outstanding. Be sure to go to coachingcoordinator.com to see our catalog of in-season episodes and sign up for our weekly tip sheet, which will give you a rundown of all the ideas we shared during the week.